Inside DJ's DVR, a television and film podcast, part of the DVR Podcast Network. Friends, Earthlings, subscribers to Inside DJ's DVR, welcome back to another episode of this awesome podcast. That's right part of the DVR Podcast Network. This is the featured Inside DJ's DVR Podcast with your host, me, myself, the solo podcaster on this show, the one and only DJ Tim Hines, Hines, Hines. <sighs> yeah, that's right. You heard it first. I got my own audience laugh track and, and participation cheer track going on in the background. <sighs> Or it's just me being silly. One or the other, but you're back with another episode. It's been a minute. I uh, let it marinate for a little bit in between the last episode and this one. And I dropped my really highly touted, really proudly made DJ's DVR top albums of all time podcast. That's right, my top 10 plus a few honorables and a couple other subcategories. And uh, I got a lot of feedback on that. You know, I know it's a little long and lengthy. It was tough for a lot of people to listen to all the way through. But I'm getting good feedback, and I hope you're still listening to it and enjoying it. So, you know, keep it coming. Kellum, I know you enjoyed it. Michael Aaron, Michael underscore, my homeboy. I know he enjoyed it. Axel, you know, told me he listened to it. A few other people, you know, I want to hear some more feedback on that because it really was a, a passion project of mine. But... Since we left last off, nope, strike that, reverse it. Since we left off, nope, can't, yep, yep, yep. Since we left, nope, not again. Well, let's try that one more time. Since we last left off on this great podcast journey, we talked about a bunch of shows, mostly movies that I talked about, and, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of things to watch. Now that, that we're back in the swing of things, back into a little home landing, I uh, got a few Netflix things to talk about, a couple movies I barreled through. Not a lot of big things as far as the the main shows coming back, but I have some things to talk about. I got some shows to talk about, got some life things to talk about. One of them I'm going to talk about is this cold-ass, snowy, wet, nasty night out here in New York that I'm just hanging out in, and oh, wouldn't you know... The good old cable system decides to crap out. So I got no internet, no phone, and no cable, which means no access to my DVR. So I missed out on taping a couple things tonight. I missed the X-Files. And I forget what else taped tonight, but whatever. I'll catch up with it on demand and other various ways. But since I am a little tech savvy, you know, use my mobile phone as a hotspot, wired up Apple TV to the, the, you know, connected it, really not wired it, but I I wirelessed it up and uh, used the the internets of my phone, and I was able to watch a little flicks tonight, and I did watch an episode of Ugly Delicious, I don't know if you guys caught that yet, I'm a big fan of Chef David Chang, he put out a show called Ugly Delicious about all this really good cuisine, but like, real like raw style like not not trying to glam it up you know he's a james beard award-winning chef you know 
eat you know he's a michelin restaurants and you know he could do that all he wants but he keeps it real in the show and uh i watched one episode i enjoyed it i watched one that i actually had saw i, I skipped to number eight or nine i think whatever um but it was one about uh chinese food and it was awesome i loved the episode big fan of chinese cuisine and i liked that episode but before we jump into talking about episodes and shows and movies, oh, let's talk about a couple of things. I'm out here in New York freezing my balls off, and I hate it. I hate this cold shit. I don't know why my ancestors chose to, to locate here. I wish they would have chose to locate somewhere else because I kind of got grounded with family and a job, and I'm 20 years in, and I'm like, what the hell? It's so cold. I just want to get a spot on the equator sell coconuts or some shit i don't care it's too damn cold i like the heat i know axel loves the cold we're like polar opposites you know he likes classic films i like marvel cinematic universe movies it's how we get down you know that's what makes things work that's why when we pod we're a fire combo you know because we're the yin and the yang of the pod he's the brains i'm the brawn let's make lots of money Woo! Reference, old folk song. If y'all guys know, you know. If you're youngin', you don't know. YouTube or some shit. Figure it out. Google, use the Googles. Hey, yo, use the Googles, cuz. I was over here on the internets, and I used the Googles. They told me everything I need to know. Holy shit, there's everything. It's like it's like having an encyclopedia right, right on your computers. It's nuts. You kids should get into this internets thing. I think it's gonna be big. Whoa, whoa. All right, that was a word from our sponsor for the internets. Anyway, back to reality. So, yeah, it's been, uh, went through February already, you know, moving along. We're into March. Had a good couple end, end of the week things going on in February. And then, you know, had a really good party I went to in New York City. That's notable. I'll get down on that on the podcast because it's really notable. So, Danny Teneglia, my favorite DJ, my inspiration, the man I look up to the most in house music. He was invited to play alongside Marco Carolla from Italy. They're both from the Nabalidan area. And they, uh, you know, Danny never played with him before. And it was Marco Carolla's party. It's called Music On Party. And he brought it to the good old US of A and came to New York City and to Brooklyn into this grimy, big-ass warehouse right on the water. It was cold as balls getting down there but it was well worth it partied into the wee hours of the morning with some good friends and just wow just had a great time some banging music and i don't know it was like some you know if you guys listen to my show and you're like oh you know i like the disco-y stuff i like the light stuff or then sometimes you're like yo this hard stuff's good well this was that hard stuff magnified plus played by some some geniuses of the DJ industry, some real veterans, some just top-notch guys, had a good time there, uh, just some good vibes coming out, got some really good parties coming up, been looking to some, you know, a lot of good music things happening, um, I'm not going to this big winter music conference, that's a real big thing in the DJ circuit, um, that's usually in, in, in the coming up mid-March every year, uh, it's next week, actually. I'm not, I'm not attending this year, but I do attend a lot of functions and parties, and I like to keep my ear to the ground, always keep my, you know, see what's fresh, the new DJs out there, the old DJs I love and respect, you know, with new music popping, and that's it. 
love my music. So I've been getting into that a lot, playing a lot of, you know, playing around with some stuff, trying to get back into producing a little bit. So I've been doing, you know, doing little things outside of the realm of watching just a lot of TV. But believe it or not, when I compiled the list, I'm like, sure, I have watched a lot of TV. So, you know, that's what we do inside DJ's DVR here. So, you know, if you guys don't know, you know, you're new to the show, um, welcome. I, you know, I haven't, haven't really done a proper intro in a while because I kind of figure I got, you know, good fan base. You guys know about the, the podcast, but if you don't, I'm going to, you know, break it down a little bit. If you guys know about it, you know, you know, this is the time you could just chill, roll your window down and breathe some fresh air, what you got to do. So I started this podcast because I wanted to talk about what's in my DVR inside the cranium of my brain, what I absorbed entertainment wise. So I got invited to, you know, pitch my podcast to the uh, DVR podcast network and they loved it. So they signed me to a, a contract and here I am bringing you the podcast and I hope you subscribe if you're a new listener and, and really, you know, follow it. Cause I talk about some funny things. I'll, I'll be reoccurring some, some topics. I'll be going over some shows episode by episode or chunk by chunk, but you know, get in, let me know what you think. The contact info. I got a Gmail, my own for the show. It's DJ DVR podcast at gmail.com. Same credentials over at Twitter at DJ DVR podcast, Facebook slash DJ DVR podcast. So basically DJ DVR podcast is where you need to go to find out the info about my show, which is called inside DJ's DVR with myself host DJ Tim Hines. Yeah, welcome. Anybody else who's old to the show, just welcome too. I'm glad to have you along for the ride. I'm glad you've been listening this long, and I'm glad you like my little song. So, you know, I might talk and rhyme from time to time, but I'll keep it going. I'll keep it flowing. But you know what I'm, what, what I'm showing? I'm showing my big pack over here, letting it out, letting you guys hear what's on my brain, what I got to say. Try not to drive you insane. Hey! Word up. So we're into this thing. Got no power. Got no internet. And I said, now's the right time to open up the laptop. Open up the studio. Fire up the beast's microphone. And get on to this thing. Because my fans have been thirsting for some DVR talk. Let's do it. Let's see what's in the box. It's time for Grab the Remote and Press Play. We're in it, baby. We're here. Let's talk about it. So like I said, I watched some movies and I watched a couple docs and I listened to some music and I hugged a few people and I loved a few people and I shook hands with a few people and I said, this world is beautiful. So let's talk about these movies. But then I said, how am I going to do this? Because I want to start off low but I don't want to, you know, bring everybody down, but I'm, I'm going to do it because the first few things I watched, well, not in a row, but I want to talk about were war related. So the first one I'm going to talk about, you know, that's why I said I'm going to go low. So, you know, kind of bring you back to where I was referencing, you know, I went low because it's kind of really, these movies aren't really, really uplifting movies. Anything to get you all jazzed and like, shit, I got to go watch that tomorrow. But they're worth noting to talk about. 
So I watched a war movie called Sandcastle, which was a Netflix original movie. And I've been liking Netflix originals, so I said, you know, I'll give them a try. I was, you know, up one night late, had nothing in the box, cleared out, and I didn't want to get into a whole series. So I said, let me check this one out. 2003, start of the Iraq War, this young soldier doesn't want to be there, and he tries to, opening scene, he tries to smash his hand in the door and tries to get out, you know, on, on like broken hand injury and they weren't really having it. So he stayed in and, you know, the war torn part of Iraq they were in had lost their water filtration pump house. And it was these guys job to go back and forth every day and pump the house for what water they had into a truck. Then, distribute it to the town, recruit some workers, and try to fix the pump house. And it really was a long, painstaking, thankless job that just, in the end, really left you feeling sort of flat how these soldiers must have been feeling this whole time and, you know, a lot of, during a lot of these wars when, you know, a lot of things you see that you know, they're fixing shit that we blew up to slow them down. It's like, blow it up, build it up, get them pissed at us. You know, I, you know, and then these guys got to come home and think about this shit that didn't really work or worked or however it plays out. I'm not going to spoil this one for you in case you do watch it. But, you know, it gets you thinking about the, the, the perspective of a soldier. And, you know, it's just uh, a lot to deal with. You know, a lot, a lot of these war movies sometimes glorify the victory and the battle, but a lot of the best war movies I find really show you the how it affects the individual or the group of individuals, and and you see how a series of events either bonds people together or really messes them up in the head or you know there's just so many different things you know like camaraderie is a big deal that i find important in a war movie um because i i do feel you 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 know you put your life out on the line with somebody or you go through a traumatic experience with somebody you have a connection and you know you might get locked in an elevator for six hours with somebody and form a bond with them that you might continue to talk to them forever now imagine two years in a shithole, uh, you know, war that some shithead started and you don't want to be in that place and you're in a foxhole with your guy for eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, sleeping there 12 hours a day, however it be, you know, there's a lot of camaraderie that happens out of that. And as much, you know, as the wars are, you know, a lot of bureaucrat bullshit, you know, the soldiers are putting their lives on the line. So I like war movies for these reasons and, you know. Um, I, I, I like to see when they're well done. And so we'll jump to a, a, another war movie that I watched out of the red box that I, I was blown away with how well done it was that I was actually left like really disturbed and it was called thank you for your service. And, uh, it was, it was heavy duty. Like these guys come back from Iraq and, it's just they they had things happen to them while while they were there traumatic experiences that no one could ever put 
imagine putting on a 19, 18, 20, 21 year old kid and having to come home to a place where it's thankless and you're getting just the run around from the VA and you can't find a job because your whatever you did in the service doesn't equate to what you did out, you know, will we'll give you some kind of training out here. Uh, just, it was real heart wrenching, like to watch these guys just could not, some of them could not struggle with getting back into civilian life. And you see some that could, some that look for help, some that can't find help. It, 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 you know, it's really the main character is Miles Teller, which you may know from the movie Whiplash, which he played a, a jazz drummer. Just he was phenomenal in that, and and that was an, another reason I was drawn to the movie because I just really liked his acting, and I, I figured, you know, let me see what this is about. And I thought it was, you know, going to be like kind of a, a a a fluffy, like thank you, like hey, war movie, like oh, it's great, let's let's you know pro war, let's hype up more war, but it was not that, and it was not what I was expecting. It was very very emotional got me emotional it got me thinking and and you know really uh feeling for all you know all the soldiers out there when they come home and you know we don't know anything and they they, they clam up and you know maybe at the the vfw hall one day they'll talk to their their brothers and and sisters and and, and have these conversations you know and get it off their chest but it's hard, I'm sure, to be able to talk to a person who has never been there and doesn't know. Because no matter how much you describe it, they'll just never understand. And this war that we've been in perpetually for, let's say, I don't know, 15, 16 years now, just feels so numbing sometimes that like it's not there. But you know, you need to watch these movies and, and these need, movies need to get made and we need to, you know, honor and respect the people that went there and, and did this this stuff that, you know, should or shouldn't have been done or, you know, or, you know, caused or had having these wars. You know, these, these people volunteer. So you can't do anything but respect them and respect the situations that they get put in. So uh, thank you for your service. It was highly recommended from inside DJ's DVR. This is a, a five-star rated movie that I think everyone should watch. And it puts things into perspective on how you see war. And how you see the soldier, the common, the common modern-day soldier. You know, not everybody can be highly decorated and, you know, come home with parades and stuff and... You know, they're just coming home, regular folks, and they got wives, and, you know, that's why I just always respect the soldier. They don't choose the war or the orders. They just follow them, and they're there. And uh, I thank them for their service from the Inside DJ's DVR podcast. Yes, yeah, so another war show that I watched was actually a, a two-part documentary on Frontline on PBS. It was about the wars and tensions between Iran and Saudi Arabia for about the past 40 years, and it delves into the tensions that they each give each other and the control that the Sunnis and the Shia 
want to all, you know, have in the regions and how Iraq is in the middle and and you get to parts of Lebanon. It was really good. I thought it was very informative, like, as well as uh, entertaining. I mean, as much as you could take entertainment from it, but it was really informative and it didn't feel like a lesson. But it's it's something that you you know if you know history and you know you know the world politics you kind of you know know all these things that have happened especially if you're of a certain age uh, over a certain amount of time and and you realize you know that these things are going on but when it's put together like this it's like holy shit wow we're a big part of it um you know we obviously back and forth have always for the you know each decade picked a different country to navigate in and you know different uh militia groups and and you know uh which would grow up to be terrorist groups that we've trained and put into place and it's just really wild when you see it put together like this and how it seems almost infinitely impossible to win uh, a peaceful uh, negotiation in this like region it's so volatile and so hostile and uh, it just you know you need to you need to, to keep up you know every once in a while on what's going on in the world and this was a good way to put it into perspective you know I know a lot of people in the TV community are out there for entertainment value aren't really into news and politics um, I myself enjoy it. Uh, I enjoy staying informed. Um, so when I could see a good docu-series like this, you know, Frontline always brings inf- information, you know, that's right at the, you know, forefront of what's going on, in, <clears throat> excuse me, in our society, right, at, you know, at the current time. And this is a big deal. You know, this is, it, it's not going away and we got, you know, we need to confront it. So, you know, can't say much more about that, but I can say another documentary that I watched on Frontline was about something that's going on in my backyard. Um, Not my actual backyard, but um, highlighted in a town called Brentwood is a gang problem from a gang called MS-13. So they did an MS-13 series on Frontline, which was very good. Um, but it was a little, it's very hard to describe how I feel about it because I feel that in national politics is being used as a ploy. Um, I'm not going to really get into too much of why, you know, I think that it's ridiculous that this particular gang and not all gangs is singled out. They are a violent and vicious gang, no doubt. There are probably a a lot like them that are just as vicious, but don't get highlighted because it's not a good news story because they haven't just murdered 13-year-old girls and that were left in the woods to to be found, which was very tragic. So Frontline did a nice piece about it, um, talked to some of the families, you know, and... uh, Sad to say, some of the families were used as props at the last State of the Union address, and it just it sucks when there's a problem that sometimes politics has to get in the way to 
to nationalize it and then really not do anything at the core of the problem and make it an excuse to do other things, which sucks. Because, you know, there's MS-13 task force all over Long Island right now, which is a hotbed for MS-13, but it's everywhere, MS-13. They originated in California. They started out in America. Um, You know, it didn't come here from some other country. The majority of them happen to be El Salvadorians, but most of them were here and just born into the gang culture. And they make it seem like, you know, it's something we got to eradicate and get away from the out of our borders. And it's kind of ridiculous to say, you know, most of these people, you know, could be citizens and we're going to get rid of them out of the borders. You know, let's just fight a gang. How's that? So let's take it for what it is. And, you know, MS-13 is a gang. Let's not politicize it and fight a, 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 let's say, a, a color or a race that happen to be the mass majority of of this particular gang but it was you know cool to see something close to home too bad it's so tragic um but yeah it was a very very vicious gang um you don't want to get on the bad side of these guys and sometimes you don't even know that you're on the side because they're just doing crazy ass initiation killings and it's pretty wild you know their, their weapon of choice is the machete um they don't really shoot up people so when you have, you know, these mass killings out there, which are awful and, you know, people are blaming all these guns, you know, you got the weapon of choice is a machete for these guys. So no matter what, when people want to be crazy, they're going to find a way to be crazy and do harm with whatever instrument they can find that they're proficient in. So pick your poison, get good with something because you need to protect yourself before you wreck yourself because... Podcast bullets is bad for your health. Yeah, yeah. That's right. You heard it here. So we're going to move away from the guts and glory of the wars and the gangs. And we're going to go to something in the the vein of the comedy. Something to make you laugh. I watched Netflix comedy special, Chris Rock Tambourine. Now, I, I had heard it was out. People were saying it was funny as hell. Then I saw some someone on Facebook have put up this post about it's outrageous. This guy's talking about such racist things and his act. And I'm like, oh my God, what is this nonsense? And it's the first like couple minutes of the routine. And people are just out of fucking control. I'm going to go on a little rant here because it's ridiculous. Like, so this little thing takes an excerpt where he's talking about where, you know, it'd be nice to see, um, you know, I'm sorry, I'm doing a bad Chris Rock impression, but I'm doing it. It'd be nice to see, you know, uh, I don't even know what he said. Something about white kids dying the same exact rate rate as black kids so we'd have real equality. And, like, I, I'm sorry, you know super PC assholes, but like comedy's comedy. And if you let, you know, understand where the bit was coming from and where it leads to, like it's fucking comedy. Like it, if it's not for you, don't watch it. Don't fucking comment on it and make a big political tirade out of this guy's fucking comedy bit. This is why, this is exactly why 
these comedians don't want you bringing cell phones into their bits anymore. You know, some people say, oh, it's because they're going to steal the whole routine. Nah, it's not that. If anything, people see a five-minute bit and they laugh, they're going to want to see the whole routine. So, like, some of that recording might help. But the real reason is, is because they don't want to hear flack like this bullshit from 90% of the people who won't even watch the full show, who will just share some asshole fucking political post down the line, chain mail it down fucking Facebook feed line, and then comment on it because you think something offends you. Fuck you. Comedy is fucking the best. To me, comedy comes first before all. That's my, like, motto in life. I've hurt mad feelings, by the way, and I'm sorry to all those who I've hurt feelings, but fuck you. You can't take a joke, go fuck off. That's it. I'm straight up like that. Like, you know what? You can't take a joke? Oh, well, that's on you. Fucking comedy, to me, trumps everything. To me, there's very few incidents where there's a too soon joke. Um, You know, like, you gotta pick your your crowd where you're using it, but, you know, like, jokes are jokes, man, like, comedian, it, it said, like, it says, you know, when you click this shit to watch it, comedy act, it doesn't say political feelings or, or, like, political stance act, like, yeah, there's, a, you know, the, the old saying, most truths are told in jest, but comedy has a way of delivering a feeling on today's, you know, any social woes that we have in society and maybe making you look at it with a, a, you know, a different light, even though you're going to look at it, but you're going to laugh a little bit about it and, and, you know, say, oh shit, like that's a little fucking fucked up. But you know what? That's sometimes where the funny shit is and you got to let it be. So fuck you people who post about this guy's an asshole. Oh my God. Fucking Chris Rock. This motherfucker was pooky. You aren't fucking saying, "Oh my God, I feel so bad." He he's just he's just making crackheads look so terrible. Fuck you. Fucking New Jack City was the shit. He was pooky. He was fucking funny as a motherfucker. Cause coming out that after years talking about pooky, doing bits about pooky. Like you know what? He played a good role, and then he brings the comedy. So you know what, Chris Rock. Don't apologize ever to anybody. I'm sure you never have and aren't. But I'm apologizing for society because you're all sometimes got little sticks too far up your ass. But yes, this is a funny ass fucking Chris Rock special. So now that I'm done with that, I'm going to tell you about this special. He has a few good bits uh, about getting through divorce, about clinging to your your spouse because it's a pain in the ass being out there. Um, You know... He has a little bit of stuff about what's going on in society. It's just, you know, another good funny comedy special. Something fun to watch on Netflix. You know, it's maybe 50, 50 minutes or so. I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't have any problems with it. I watched it again after, like I said, after all that bullshit I read. And I was like amped up. So I was like fucking pro Chris Rock no matter what. He could have been like, you know... Saying, like, yeah, so I was, like, throwing babies down the stairs and, like, you know, whatever. I still would have been like, yeah, I'm watching this shit. But whatever, yo. Fuck everybody who can't take a joke. All right. So next up, while we're in the comedy realm, it was a series of four episodes on HBO called Two Dope Queens. It's a comedy special. They did uh, four-hour-long um, 
four-hour-long <clears throat> comedy skits where they brought other comedians in. It was Jessica Williams and Phoebe Robinson. I don't know if you're aware of them, the two dope queens, but they have a podcast, and they brought their podcast to the stage. And it was in King's Theater in Brooklyn. And every week they had... Um, like two or three comedians to do their stand-up routines, and then they had like one person who's like a mentor or idol that would come out and like talk to them. One week it was John Stewart, cause uh, Phoebe had worked for John Stewart. I'm sorry, it was uh, Jessica Williams that worked for John Stewart uh, back in the John Stewart show, The Daily Show, writing uh, you know for him, and uh, they're just funny. I remember the one. One episode, uh, they brought out Sarah Jessica Parker because, you know, it was all in New York and they, they got places in New York. And it was just a, a funny all-around comedy special that I think was a cool approach to do it, like, in four parts. So they had, like, a almost like a comedy miniseries. So that was funny, you know. So I don't watch a whole lot of comedy stand-ups and I kind of got into it. And really is what pushed me to watch the Chris Rock one. I uh, was after watching those. I was like, like you know what? I'm in the comedy like vein. I want to want to watch some good comedy. And there's so many good topics out there right now in in society that you could just rip on. That it's it's a good time for comedy. So I'm ready. Make me laugh. Send me some jokes. So just take the stick out of your ass if you got one up there. If you think I'm offensive, I mean. Take it back to the old school. Watch some fucking, some Raw, Eddie Murphy. Go watch some Richard Pryor, some George Collin. Get offended. Fuck society. <sighs> fuck, fuck Twitter. With that, you know, extra character length shit. You know what? Keep it at 160. We're good. Joe can't fit in 160 characters. Let it go. It's too long to be read. You gotta perform a joke that's longer than a tweet. That's what I'm saying. Word up. That's some advice. Speaking of advice, I'm gonna give you some advice. I was listening to an old mixtape that I made with my buddy, my uh, old old uh, DJ partner who now lives down in sunny Florida, and we made it. You know, we used to make a lot of mixes, and I'm listening to this one, and he gets on the mic and. My man's a pretty spiritual dude, and he's about to say something. He goes, you know what? He goes, I want to tell you guys right before the... It was like a nice break. He's like, right before the music comes back in, I just want to give you guys a piece of advice. And, bang! Fucking shitty wires that were hooked up to the mixer cuts out. But it's still recording, because the, the, you know, the, the recorder was still good. So it's rolling. He hears, and it comes back in. The music comes back in. And he goes, you know what? The piece of advice is... Buy 3M tape. Everything else sucks. 3M's the best tape. So you know what? I'm going to pass that along. Because I heard that the other day. Shit made me laugh my ass off. And it's a good tape. And if there's anybody out there that knows people at 3M, I would love to be a sponsor of 3M. Um, Well, no. I would love to have them sponsor me, actually. Because I don't have the money to sponsor 3M. Yeah, yeah. If you know somebody out there, let them sponsor me. Because I'll, I'll rep everything. I'll put that fucking... That 3M that glowing run shit, I'll put it all over my head, whatever, my hat, the fucking 3M tape, I use that shit everywhere, scotch tape, oof, the best, I don't even drink scotch, but I love the tape, anyway, let's get back to the DVR, so, I watched a four-part series on Showtime, 
called The Trade. It was a docu-series about heroin and the heroin trafficking and production and epidemic in America. It's pretty awful. And this fentanyl shit that's out there. And it's centered around basically a police department in Ohio and some junkies in Ohio that were looking for help, some that weren't, some that were getting arrested, but all addicts of this terrible, terrible epidemic. Um, and it, it it followed the path of some to rehab, almost through rehab, back to the street, followed some cops. Then it went down to Mexico, followed some of the production, followed some of the growth. Uh, the whole operation, I mean, it was it was pretty wild. It followed some of the trafficking going up and down the, the coasts and in the central part of the, the country in the United States of America. And this heroin shit is really bad, taking a lot of lives. And it's a homemade, basically, problem that started when these pharmaceutical companies started pumping us, us as, hey, you know, us as people and Americans and other countries up with these opioids for every kind of ailment you have and got people hooked like crazy on this feeling. And when the feeling ran out and got expensive and restrictions got tighter to get these prescription drugs, they turned to heroin. And heroin obviously seems to be not strong enough because now they're searching for this fentanyl synthetic shit and it's killing people left and right and dealers are putting it in on purpose because they know that the heroin if they're selling just the heroin people aren't coming back and it's just fucking bananas how twisted this whole trade is now there's a few shows on netflix about it um there's one i actually want to watch coming up uh i think it's in or out already uh heroin uh with, ends with the e on it like heroin heroin like a i guess a woman that saves somebody i'm guessing has something to do with but it's about heroin and a, a woman in the struggles so uh i want to watch that one but yeah it, it's a it's a wild wild thing to comprehend that that you know people get hooked so fast and so easy and this drug is just you know entering so many different places and suburbia and you know, more suburbia than any inner city, which is wild to me to even think about because there's just so much greater, denser populations in inner cities that you, you know, you think it's like, we'll be wild, but it's really, you know, suburbia where this, you know, this problem of this opioids was really more of a problem than in the inner cities and, you know, and, and out, you know, big cities. So it's, it's pretty crazy. So I, I think that's, a recommended watch, like I said, four hour long episodes called The Trade on Showtime. Yeah, we're cooking here. We're hitting the 45 minute mark coming up soon, and uh, I'll talk about something that, since we're getting closer to the end, that sucks. Sucking is getting towards the end. That sucks, getting towards the end. But this show, everything sucks. Another Netflix show. My friend Gina hit me up. She said, listen, you're going to love this show. It's basically us growing up. It's called Everything Sucks on Netflix. It's about growing up in the 90s. And 
when I say growing up, you know, being a teenager in the 90s, not like, you know, being a, an adolescent, you know, because it's a different 90s. You know, I'm not watching Degrassi, you know, we're watching 90210, you know, West Bev, shout out. Um, West Bev High, 94. So anyway, back to it, to it. Um, yeah, so Everything Sucks is really cool. It reminded me of, like, a Malcolm in the Middle type of show. Like, um, I'm sure there's other shows I can relate it to. But, like, it, you know, it's basically, like, this kid coming into high school, a freshman, and, you know, getting pushed around. But he's trying to be cool, and he makes some mistakes. But they make so many cool 90s references. The music is awesome. Uh, the, you know, the girl, one girl's trying to explain Tori Amos, and it's just wild. I watched four episodes, and I'm gonna continue watching. I'll bring you a little more about it when I when I get more into it. But if you like the '90s, if you grew up in the '90s, this shit's funny. If you're a little geeky, it's perfect, cause that's where it's at. If you were cool in the '90s, like you might not really like it, but you know, if you were a geek and you were dialing up your modem. Yeah, you watch this shit. Definitely watch it. Alright, so where are we going next? Alright, I'm going to talk about Gotham. Gotham came back. And... Alright, so let's let's talk about Gotham. <sighs> first things first. Bruce Wayne is a waste of space. He's, it's ridiculous how snobby and bratty he's becoming and the way they're portraying him is a little over the top for me but hopefully his his interaction with selena maybe maybe will kick some sense into him um so we got this new season that that's coming back it's called uh pieces of a broken mirror was the episode and this one is the toy maker he was the the main villain, and and he he makes you know these toys, and he makes toy explosives and weapons, and this one was sent to try to kill Doc, and she didn't die, and we find out there's a sinister plot at the end of who is responsible for paying the toy maker. Uh, we come out to find that Gordon is having a little trouble navigating everything. Um, once again, with the guys, he's getting a little bit of the support from some of the guys, but then we see this ridiculous shit with, with Bruce partying in the club. Um, the girls all have the club back and Selena's a partner and she, you know, they ask her, go take care of Bruce. Cause he, you know, he's your friend. He's out of control. And she goes over there and he's like this total douchebag, total douchebag, um, I don't know. You know, I love it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to keep going, but eh. It's eh, eh, eh. But something I thought was eh, eh, eh was S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, if you remember, I told you about getting out of that other space-time continuum dimension. Well, we were out of it, and now we're back home. But the tensions are crazy because now the S.H.I.E.L.D. is highly wanted, and they're trying to keep super quiet. But it's almost impossible to keep quiet because they had a traveler come back with them. 
And offhand, I can't remember the dude's name, but it was the guy who helped them all throughout the first half of the season and the guy whose dad was the guy the guy who died on, on Earth getting the transmission back to the to the ship. So now that he's in Earth, he gets like mesmerized by all the the stuff he always fantasized about. He goes into a bar, can't pay his tab, he gets locked up. Well, now somebody's got to come out of hiding. Daisy comes out of hiding, drawn out, and S.H.I.E.L.D.'s alerted, and, I mean, not S.H.I.E.L.D., but the government's alerted, and now here we go. The military's after them, and it just, uh, you know, starts picking up back where I like, back where S.H.I.E.L.D.'s at, and there's a little bit of deception going on with Coulson, we see where he's where what he's trying to slow play. He he seems like he doesn't want to let some cat out of the bag. Very cool for uh, Yo Yo. Yo Yo kind of gets put where we saw her last. Um, if you didn't watch it, I'm gonna leave that where I said it. So you, till you watch it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Overall, I really like the the where where it's coming back. The, you know the, the the style it's bringing back. They're a little more grounded, a little more understandable that, you know, they're back in our timeline. But I, I still always love my Marvel stuff, and I'm a fanboy, and I always will. Speaking of Marvel stuff, I'm going to tell you guys about another podcast that I'm going to put out on the DVR Podcast Network. It's going to be a special two-off. That's right. Not a one-off, a two-off. A two-part Jessica Jones Season 2 Coverage Podcast. That's right. I'm going to do a quick hitter, maybe an hour or two. I'll put out there about the season. I'm going to do episode 1 through 5, then 5 through 10. I'll pot about them, and I'll get you my thoughts. I love Marvel. I love Jessica Jones' show when it came out on the first season. And now that it's back and it's released, I'm going to sit down and watch that bad boy. And I'll sit down again, take some notes, and I'll bring you some info. And I was encouraged by Axel, and I want to do this thing. So be on the lookout for that. That's a little news I'm going to, you know, sprinkle out there right in the middle of the show. Hope you guys are digging this episode, because I'm loving it. I'm loving the things I watch, and as I'm talking about them, I'm feeling even more jazzed up. I watched a bunch of things, apparently. Enough to go on here where, you know, just eclipsed a 45-minute Coming past the 50-minute mark in a few minutes, and we'll see if we hit an hour. That's right, baby. I'm doing it for you guys. Inside DJ's DVR Podcast on the DVR Podcast Network. Don't forget, if you get a chance, go over to your podcast uh, app and leave me a rating. A written rating is better than a star, but a star is better than nothing. So I appreciate it. I really, really do. You guys are the best. Alright, so this next movie I want to talk about, I just got from the Red Box, and I gotta say, it was a little emotional. Now, it was kind of unexpected, I didn't really expect to see what I saw, um, I don't know what I expected, I just saw that it had Julia Roberts and Owen Wilson, and it was called Wonder, and it had this little boy with the helmet, I didn't even look at the description, I said, you know what, I'll just give it a shot. So we watched it, and wow, pretty powerful movie. It was about this boy who was born with facial deformities and who, until 
the fifth grade was homeschooled. And the start of fifth grade, his mother, Julia Roberts, wanted to send him to school. So he, he you know, was a little nervous about it. And he goes to school and, you know, your typical people picking on you situations and the, you know, bullying type of situations happen. But it's so much more than that. Just simple shit. It's about everybody being deformed in some way and everybody having problems and you kind of live that through every character and it's told in a really unique way now as far as like you know it the deformities the the boy had it was comparison comparative mm, mm, i said i guess i would compare it to like mask the rocky denison story with Cher from way back in the day like that except it had a happy family and and a good home life and it didn't have that that like twisty you know hard life that that Rocky Dennis had with with the the drugs and the crazy home life but this had a different life and everybody you know was was wasn't terrible lifestyles so you you just saw the people it was good a good 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 way to view everybody through this boys hardships and come up basically you know how how he got through the fifth grade and how he finally felt comfortable in front of people even though i'm sure you know in many ways he's still uncomfortable but we all have something we're uncomfortable about and that was the point of the movie and uh you know gave me a little give me a little uh re-wetting drops from my eyes that i that I, you know gave me a little cleanse there it was a nice movie nice film uh you know, nothing bad to say about it. It wasn't a spectacular movie, but something good to watch and make you feel good. You know, make make you feel good about somebody else and make you reflect and, and think about how other people feel sometimes and not about yourself. You know, maybe put yourself in someone else's position for a little while. So it's all about love, understanding. But remember, comedy first. So if there's a joke to be had, just don't hurt anybody's feelings to their face. Oh, zing, zoom. Sorry, too soon. Oh, bing, boom, never. So, that brings us to the final topic I want to talk about. The final show that I watched. This show is a Netflix show called Seven Seconds. You probably heard about it if you're in the TV sphere. It's getting a little hype. Right now, it's a crime drama. If I'm giving out awards, I'm thinking maybe maybe I'll make a rating system. If I make a rating system, this gets five remotes out of five remotes. This was a five remoter, baby. This was a great 10-episode series. Holy shit. I did not know what to expect. Every episode was twisty without going wild twisty where like, you're like, oh, Jesus, here we go. Like, nah, this was like good shit, Twisty. Like, this was like, oh, now this, oh, different implications. So right off the bat, my, this, like, the way I, I would sell it to you is it's The Wire, which is saying a lot, meets HBO's The Night Of, right? So that's kind of weird, right? 
So it's one season. So the wire is obviously five. Let's take that down, scale it down a little bit. But you see, when I say the wires, because you see the whole inner workings of Jersey City from the DA side, from the the uh, prosecutor side, the judge a little bit. You see the police. You see the detectives. You see the gangs. You see the working class. You see the families. So it's a, it's in that aspect you get a little wire, and then you get the night of because you get a lot of crime shit so like like whereas like like tense tense like lockup stuff like where you're like holy shit you know so it really 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 impressed the shit out of me now it starts off with this boy who's riding his bike through liberty state park in jersey city gets clipped by a uh cop driving a car and gets hit off his bike into a ditch. And this just catapults this whole shit. A cover-up, a trial, uh, investigation, the, the parents' investigation, a bum junkie stealing the shoes and selling them and tracking that stuff down. And all the time you get this awesome detective who reminded me so much like McNulty. Like, that's why, like, I really compared it to The Wire. Now, obviously, nothing's touching The Wire. So let's not, let's not, you know, jump the gun and start sending me tweets and shit. Like, I'm out of my mind. But it has wire-ish, wire-y, wire-y. It's wiry. It's very wiry. So, uh, yeah, this, this guy, I never seen him in anything before. His name is Michael Mosley. He played Fish. Detective uh, Rinaldi, he was good, really good. He's like fast talker, like really fit the role somewhere I would have pictured him perfectly in Jersey City, like really good. Now, the mother of the show is Regina King. I grew up watching 227. That was the first show. That was... She was the shit in that show. I like I, I, I love her and everything. Um, so I'm a big fan right off the bat. She's so emotional. She's very like hard spoken. She's just so good. In this, she was a very vulnerable character. She didn't get very outspoken too much, but like enough that where it needed to be, but she was just so hurt and you felt the pain in her. She was phenomenal. The husband, he was played by Richard Horn. Oh, I'm sorry, Russell Hornsby. This guy was a rock. He showed no emotion at all. But I'm saying showed no emotion. Me, I felt all his emotion bottled up. Maybe, maybe I, I have some of that in me. I'm not sure, but I felt his emotion the whole series and i it was just crazy how i felt for him and i i related to that character so hard now related meaning i I never had a son who got killed by a cop and, and you know left in a ditch to die but i felt for him like whereas like maybe not not saying some of the things you're feeling or you're just working through some of the shit 
you got going on in your head, like, where I mean working through it, like, just going to work and pounding away at it, you know, like, forgetting about the shit you got going. So, he was excellent. But, I would say the star of the show was K.J. Harper, the assistant DA, the prosecutor. Um, She was great. It's uh, Claire Joe, I'm sorry, Claire Hope Ashity, and I never saw her in anything before, and I was really impressed. Apparently, she's an English act- actress, um, and, oh no, she was in Master of None. I'm looking at IMDb right now, and you're right. Well, no, who's right? You're right. Well, I did see her on something, I guess, but, um, <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. Uh... Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't really know what else to say about ma- about uh, Master, about seven seconds, except you should watch it. I don't want to give too much away because it's fresh and it's new. Um, there's still a lot of time, you know, to, to watch it. Uh, like I said, with the Jessica Jones thing, I'm going to talk all about it, each episode about the plot. But this, I gave you a little sprinkle, but I told you about how much I loved it, what I loved about it. So if you do watch it, or if you're going to watch it, hopefully you know what I'm speaking on, um, because I didn't really spoil anything there. But I really, really recommend that one. If Out of anything that I watched um, and can recommend to somebody, that's the first thing I would say go watch before anything that's out right now. That's me. That's where I'm at. You know, if you're a Marvel person, I'm I'm sure you watch Jessica Jones first. But probably as soon as I finish recording and editing and getting this one out, I'm going to get on that Jessica Jones. So that that does it. That wraps up the show. I'm going to tell you the uh, deets in a sec. But I want to thank you again for sticking with me, listening to the show, submitting feedback, and uh, all that good stuff. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're smiling. I hope you're loving life. Right now, if you're walking on the street or you're driving your car and the next person you can catch a glimpse at, just look at them hard in the eyes and just smile. Don't give them a, you don't have to flirt. Don't give them a flirtatious eye. Don't give them a creep eye. Just a nice, wholesome smile like you would do to a relative at at the holiday. That's it. Keep life good. That's all I'm asking. Well, actually, it's not all I'm asking. I ask for ratings. I ask for feedback. I ask for a couple things, but... You know what I'm saying. Typical shit. One love. Peace. No, wait. I'll do that at the end. Let's go back. Alright, we're back here. I'm going to give you the details. So contact me. DJ DVR Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter at DVR Podcast. Nope, that's not it. Twitter at DJ DVR Podcast. Facebook.com slash DJ DVR Podcast. Keep up with me. Keep up with the show. Keep up with the network. Go to Patreon. Hit us up. Patreon.com slash DVR. Follow us there. You'll get scoops on on uh, one-off podcasts, maybe like the Jessica Jones and some stuff. The film list is on there. You got a lot of good stuff on there. So go over there. Check out our stuff. Till next time. Grab your remote, press play. I'm DJ Tim Hines. And I'm out. And I'm out. And I'm out. And I'm out.
and I'm out.